Hi, I'm Carla. And I'm Richard. We're the Obies, hosts of the We Do podcast. And co-founders of WeDoRelationships.com. We help people discover the best version of themselves for their significant relationships, even their marriage. Yes, even that. Every week, we share insights we've learned over 20 years of helping individuals and couples. We can help you stay motivated and accountable while encouraging you to find lightness and the connection in your life that we're all after. That's right. We do will help you master simple and elegant ways to withstand adversity in your life and encourage you to make it happen. We believe every day is a great day to share and grow. You probably have a relationship that needs some attention, whether at home or at work. Your breakthroughs and tools await you at WeDoRelationships.com. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to join our community of brave and intentional individuals who want life-giving relationships in their lives. Nourishing your relationship keeps it alive. We all need connection and inspiration. As you listen, you will gain insights that you can share with others, even your partner. Let's get to today's episode. Hi, sweetie. Hello. It's just nice to be in summertime. I like summer. Yeah. We had a nice little walk on the beach the other day, not too far from our house, overlooking the Puget Sound. I think that was really cool. You met a little friend. Yep. A little four-year-old that happened to see you on the beach and came up to you out of the blue. Mm-hmm. Uh, which best cool. friends. Now you're best friends. So those little things happen in summer where mm-hmm. people are out there. Want to connect and show you the train that's coming by and that kind of thing. It also kind of, I think, reminded us of our kids at their age. You know? Yeah, and totally. Kind of the wonder of just seeing a train and the wonder of, you know. Being present. Oh, man. In the present, present moment, yeah. Yeah. And there was a connection that somehow he knew that you were a mom and knew that you would care that he came up behind you. And his family was probably a couple hundred yards away, but he asked his mom, can I go say hi to her specifically? Must have sensed the aura of being a mom and a parent. Ah, yeah, that made me think about like the stages of parenting and how they evolve so quickly. And you know, when they're a certain age, when they're, you know, you first bring them home, you're you're trying to figure out and understand, you know, sleeping and nursing and feeding and all the stuff that you try to figure out in each different stage of development and toddlers and should we say no to this or how do we you know eating and all the things and there seems to be endless books you know for a while and then it's kind of like when does when do the stages of parenting end you know and uh it's come up a lot in my practice uh you know people coming in and wondering how do i nobody ever told me about this stage of parenting, you know, when they're in college or when they're out of college or when they're, you know, that the, they got married and the relationships now and how they develop and what do we do? And I have clients that come in that are struggling to understand their parents, you know, and really think that parenting ever ends, but I definitely think it changes. Yeah. It evolves over time. All of us were, I remember us going back to, you know, putting our oldest child in the car as we were leaving the hospital after 
who gave birth and putting her in the car seat and going, looking at each other and going, oh my God, hoping to get home safe and protect her and keep her safe. And we're kind of like saying, looking at each other and going, oh boy, here we go. You know, as we're leaving and going home and now starting that life together. And we, we want to protect her. We want to keep her safe. We want, with all four of our children, full, full, full disclosure, we have uh, our kids are 32, 30, 28, and 18. So we have various uh, kind of a couple generations, really, of, of kids from the standpoint of a 10-year gap between our third and fourth. And uh, he's going off to college this year. And when we talk about parenting and we talk about what's important and that it always evolves and it really never ends, we're trying, still trying to figure it out and do it well and do it better. The status quo has never been something that we kind of like think is okay. We do want to get better. We don't want to be in a situation where we're not helpful. And, and mm-hmm. if we sense that we're not being helpful, how can we be be, be better at it? You well, know? yeah, and it's kind of like with my new best friend that I met at the beach. You know, it's really about connection from the before they're born. You know, when when you're when a mother is carrying a baby, I mean, there's a there's a constant connection that you have with that child and. I do not think that that ever ends. And and that's what I think about when I think about parenting is really the connection, you know, not really the advice or the, you know, I, you know, telling the, telling kids what to do, teaching them manners or the things that we're tasked to do at a certain, you know, stage of their development. But really, it's about the connection and maintaining a connection and that absolutely changes and it's it's there's patterns there's parental patterns that have been um ingrained in you and you you were trained on from your parents from your circumstances all of what has formed or molded you as a parent came from those examples your emotional tendencies also came from your examples and your dna let's not underestimate how important that is mm-hmm. there's a lot of people in the world, and I certainly have been guilty of that in my life, that says, well, maybe some of the faults that I have as a parent has become some of the faults that my parents had, and those type of things. I do believe that people do the best they can with what they have at the time. Mm-hmm. No, I have never met anyone that said, hey, my goal in life is to be a bad parent. Yeah. You know, we were we are tasked with protecting and keeping our babies and young toddlers alive because if we don't, they would perish in the world. That's a sobering re- realism with regard to what our ch- why our children need help and we're trying to protect them. And we're, especially as a first time parent, everything is like, oh my God, are they okay? Are they breathing? Are they, we, we know and understand that and that's necessary as you grow. We have those moments of pure bliss that happened with regard to, oh my God, look at what they're saying now in their first words. And we had a little one-year-old in our house yesterday that was a friend of ours, grandkid. And just the fact of looking at his, you know, where are your eyes? Where are your nose? Where are your ears? And, you know, those oohs and ahs of the joy and the beauty of being a parent, um, or in this case, a grandparent, but I remember and connect with those times. And it reminds me of a question. We, We had, our oldest was married this year. Her and her husband were married on 2222. And it was, and it a, was a Tuesday. And it was a Tuesday. So a lot of twos, a lot of alliteration. Two, 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 two. 
I was joking around because I'm a Godfather fan, you know, and there's a scene in The Godfather where he says, you know, on a, on a any time, time there's a Sicilian wedding, you ask the father of the bride for a favor. He, he has to grant that on his wedding day. It must be granted. That's why Luca Brasi was there and there was people lined up to go to talk to the Godfather. So I was having a little fun with that. And I went over to a table of my daughter's friends that were from college and her sorority sisters and said, you know, hey, it's and, and they're you know, they're significant others. And I was joking, you know, it is my daughter's wedding day, so you can ask me any question and I must grant you that answer or give you the advice that you're seeking. And two of the sorority sisters both had one month old children. And we were joking as new parents, you guys, you know, what's your, what's your question? And they were joking around and they, and then they said, wait a minute, I do have a question. I really like your kids and I'm really impressed with your kids. And we have got that a lot. And um, that's part of why we share back and why people have asked us to share is because we do get those type of comments and we know all of our failures and we self-doubt and all those type of things as parents. But the question was, how how do you raise such good people? And I said, my response was, okay, well, do you know the joy and the awe that you two have? Granted, there's 10 people at the table and they're listening too, that you two have with when you see your baby. Don't lose that at any age. Look at the awe of them at two, the awe of them at four, the awe that you have and the curiosity in their their world when they're 10, 12, 14, 18, when they're 22, when they're 30, and in this case, when they're 30, 31. And don't lose sight of that and be in awe of that. Not like they're still a baby, but the awe of where they are in their stage today. And the second thing I would say is that, you know, ask and respect where they are in their life today. And listen to them, what's going on in their life. And respect them for the individual that they are. They're not just like somebody else compared to somebody else. They are that individual themselves. And just then, my daughter walked up in her wedding dress and sat down. And, what are you guys talking about? I said, well, I was just asked this question, you know, and maybe you can answer it and see if how close I got to it. And she goes, what was the question? I said, well, how do you raise great kids like you, you know, and great people like you? And what was the key to that? And she said, hmm. And she paused and she said, well, I think it was because I was listened to and respected for being my own person and whatever stage of life I was at, mm-hmm. I, I was, what was going on with me was important, I was listened to. And so she said that and they both went, wow. And we just went, wow. And I said, that's beautiful. It sounds so simple. You know, it sounds yeah. like such a simple thing to listen and to respect. And yet it's, it's challenging, you know. But I think that word again comes in respect, you know, to look again. And at every stage of development, to look again at who they are now. Who are they now? Who are they now? And to look again at that, that is, that's a beautiful gift to give and, and a way to stay connected. And as you're growing and your child is maturing and you're, you know, adjusting your life circumstances and what's going on with you, we always find that parenting becomes different when we're stressed, mm-hmm. right? And 
when you're worried about someone's survival and you're worried about someone's safety and yeah. you don't want to have them have have harm and pain or you know even you don't want to have the same mistakes that you make because you're trying to constantly yeah. help them from burning their hand on the stove or not mm -hmm. you know jumping out don't and, make the same mistakes yeah, I or made. hiding under the you know the the clothes racks at the store and trying to escape coals oh or whatever or the coat factory like one of our daughters was constantly doing so you've got to be able to do that i mean the phrases we always said was like you know don't touch that or god you must eat something you know stay away from that or you're going to get hurt or mm -hmm. i told you not to do that if they said jump off a bridge would you do that too you know those type of things uh how many times do i have to say that i never want to hear you say that again not again your siblings didn't do it that age so you're not going to do it either those things that we're trying to protect and keep my, them in my a, mom's favorite one was because i said so because i said so. <laughs> it's <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> i was like wait a minute yeah. why do we have to do that because i said so <laughs> yeah i call it the parental monologues of fight or flight responses you yeah. know they're the short sentences that we have do those change i caught myself doing it the other day to our 18 year old when i was talking about how to remove bamboo roots <laughs> as opposed to saying no, you know, don't do it that way as opposed to here's something i've tried you know, how would you approach this as opposed to, and it takes a little bit more time. It takes a little bit more uh, effort and it takes a slower response than what the stress would be. And this is a stressful world we live in. So how do we deal with breaking the patterns and have more age appropriate parenting as the child grows and as you're someone you care about and love grows. Even if you've had fractures in that relationship, even if you've had challenges in that relationship, you do have a challenge, uh, an uh, opportunity to start again with kind of three simple things. When they're simple, they're also complex. That's the beauty of it. Something that can be extraordinarily simple can takes sometimes extraordinary work. So that's why I look at it from a curiosity perspective, then there's inquiry, and then there's persistence of how we can relate to our older children or the grown-up children in our lives today. And that's kind of what we're, we're looking at and to specifically focus on how to, how to help on that and to, to educate and remind ourselves. There's, there's, there's some questions that I created here, and it's like, where do we find those things? And I said, well, these are kind of questions I would like to be asked as an adult with my parents. And that's kind of where I look at it. Say, okay, what would I want? What what's important to me? And I I don't think they're dissimilar to what our kids want to have. Is that they're known that they're loved, they're cared for, they're not judged. They're and we're we're having um, some type of an impact in their lives. Curiosity is is such a big thing in relationships. You know, curiosity may have killed the cat, but a lack of curiosity can kill any relationship. Yeah. And specifically with older children or grown-up children, if you have a lack of curiosity and you're really trying to mine for information, it doesn't work. It doesn't work because the patterns aren't being broken. You're just getting more information today. In a lot of cases, then the patterns show up. The patterns show up again because we're coming from a place of, of, of just questioning without being curious yeah. first. So curiosity is the starting point. And I would say curiosity is also, you know, an antidote for criticism. So if we, uh, you know, have, you know, especially, you know, when kids are 
middle school and high school, you know, as a parent, you desperately want them to catch all of the values that, you know, you want them to know. And it's like, you feel like there's, it's like an hourglass of sand and the time is just like, I've got less and less time for them to get all of that. I want them to know. And when we get curious, um, you know, I think it can avoid criticism because in those years in middle school, high school, you know, as the grains of sand are, are going fast and you kind of just want to get to the, cut to the chase and let them know, you know, like, I want you to know this. Uh, it can come across as criticizing, like why I'm not doing this right. You're, you're telling me that, you know, we should, we should do it this way. And, you know, but when we get curious, like with the bamboo, you know, it's like, how, how are you doing this? You know, how, you know, he may have had a brilliant way of doing it that was different than the one that, the way that you had. And when we get curious, we kind of allow for that to be a possibility versus, God, I'm doing it wrong, you know? <laughs> the metaphor of the bamboo, I, I love it. He was like, ooh, when he pulled up a big root system, and he goes, oh, that was satisfying. <laughs> yeah. So now I can connect with him in the satisfaction of, oh, my gosh, and then, Later on, he was like, "Look at this one," and he's throwing it in there, yeah. and he's out there, you know, working hard. I mean, it's mm -hmm. you gotta, you gotta bend the metal. You said the opposite is criticism. One of the things and assumptions that we may make as parents is that they may have similar perspectives as ours, and mm -hmm. sometimes when they don't, we're like, "Oh gosh, I didn't. Maybe did I fail as a parent? Did I? Did I not?" Mm -hmm. And the, I think the simple reality is. Two people, regardless of who they are, cannot have the same exact perspective. And that may be a shock to some, but we are invited as to become a better parent and have a better relationship with our, our grown-up children to accept there's a different perspective. When we expect that, we're more open to listening, even if we might disagree. We are invited to like enter, I think, the beauty of each other's unique with uniqueness, you know, as a door to a deeper connection. That's the embracing the individuality is the door to uniqueness. And what my our oldest daughter said the other day, it's the nuance, I mm. think, of, of the parenting. It's another nuance in the parental relationship and that's the kind of the the basic of the first kind of step is to begin with the understanding that you will discover something you didn't know about the other rather than mm -hmm. evidence that you were correct or you were right in an assumption or a way of parenting or a communication well look for that new space and create that new space if they feel it yeah it's kind of like you know we learned very quickly after our, our when our second daughter was born, how different she was from our firstborn, how those, you know, those, those, that uniqueness happens, you know, you're like, God, we have to, you know, it's the same parents, the same DNA pool, the same everything. And yet they were so different. And then, you know, as we, you know, added another child and another child, we saw, wow, they're all so unique and so different. And, each of them gives us an opportunity to really to learn how to be parents as we go continually. You know, I mean, that never, ever stops. And being curious, 
can be, you know, learning and reading a book about it, you know, trying to prompt the ways that you can be better. And some people are not going to do that. We realize that some mm -hmm. people are going to kind of stay where they are and they're used to that and then their patterns are, are, are what they are. But those that want to break the patterns and want to do more and they mm -hmm. want to be in a place where they are making an impact, they'll want to do that. And the way to do that is inquiry. That's the next next mm -hmm. step is, you know, by asking questions, we say to the other, I see you, you are important, and I'm here to help. You know, we're being empathetic. We're being vulnerable because we're asking questions. We want to know what's on the other person's mind, yeah. right? What's, you know, how do they feel in a simple, elegant way to enhance connection? You know, it's a gateway to seeing the other. You try to refrain from comparing your story when you inquire about the others. It's going to be plenty of time for you to talk about your exploits and your well, experiences. Well, we already had plenty of time when they're yeah. when they're older. <laughs> We've had plenty of time. I mean, they already like you already told me that story. I know that one. You know, you've already said that, and and we will have more opportunity in the future too. And when we are trying to inquire and really, you know, kind of. Listen. I mean, really, the greatest form of love is to listen. And when when we ask a question, rather than assume or wait till they stop talking so we can tell them what we think, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like really, really listen. And I think part one of the things too about inquiry that um, I think is also essential is our open ended questions. You know, rather than a yes no question which is like well I guess you want me to say yes or I guess you want me to say no when we ask open-ended questions it really opens things up to explore their perspective a little bit more and to really listen then feels like oh I, I get to speak what what I'm thinking what I'm feeling well and right like for example right now you have never been the person that you have ever been in your life that you are in this moment. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, that's that's true. Mm -hmm. And so we, if we go into the, with the foundation of that's true with our children as well, yeah. that they've never been in this position right now in their life that they are in. That's in this, this moment. And when they see that they are loved, you know, when they are heard, they're cared for. And when someone reflects what they heard, the door opens for them possibly to do the same. Mm -hmm. So when we're asking questions, it's also kind of a, a push, you know, in our internal pharmacy that we have a better sense of well-being because we're actually curious to the answer. It's like we saw yesterday with regard to it's not the present so much that, that you know, creates the, what is it, the dopamine? and Mm -hmm. That endorphins. and you know then the endorphins that go up, it's actually unwrapping it that is that creates the most um, feel good hormones. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's even more than the present itself. It's the anticipation of the present. That's why you said <laughs> it's always great to wrap the present. Mm -hmm. You know, and gosh, and one of our daughters takes that to the full extreme. She actually uses old newspaper and paints her own wrapping paper. Mm -hmm for that and that that your anticipation of the gift is even more enhanced by seeing wow you you spent this time yeah. caring for Almost me doesn't about even the matter what's paper? in there yeah, yeah. everything is better yeah. in that it's exciting rapid. yeah it builds builds the excitement and i i was thinking about the listening part to 
and the management, our own mental health management is so essential from before kids are born till forever is how do I, like if I'm truly listening, if I ask an open-ended question to, you know, one of my children, no matter what their age is, and I'm truly listening to them and their response triggers me or touch pushes buttons within me yeah. that I'm like oh no oh no they think this you know it's like and all of that that management of that is really essential we had there was a middle school teacher and I remember saying how are you all the kids loved her you know middle it's, middle school is a tough um teaching position and I think they have hard time filling those spots but every once in a while you'll see these amazing teachers that stay with it for 30 years or 40 years, whatever. And we had one of those teachers at our, our kids' school, and I remember asking her, what do you do, you know? What do you think your secret is? And she said, you know, when kids tell me something, and inside I'm saying, oh, my gosh, I can't believe they're saying this. She said, I always just, you know, take a breath, and I pause, and I just go, hmm. I'm like, oh, I don't think I hmm enough, <laughs> you know, and it's like that that ability to take it in and to let it settle, let them, the teller, the person's telling, you know, to to feel what that feels like, and to really have a safe space to contain that and just be like, hmm, hmm. maybe I don't understand all of it yet, but you know, just that real listening can be such a huge gift. That's beautiful, yeah, and the and the. The, the caution that I, I would have, and it's something that I, you talked about with the self-management, is, you know, don't put yourself, and that's an example, don't put yourself where you're, you're judging the answer. You yeah. Know, that's that's something that can people can, can sense that. You know, us as children of parents, your parents have, both your parents have passed, mm -hmm. mine are alive and doing well. We we have relationships with our with our parents. You know, we have relationships from whether they're with us on earth yeah. or or not. Or, or I think about what my parents had taught me every single day. You know, things that they said or you know how they guided me. It's ingrained in us. It's like they, we don't lose that after they're gone. Yeah, and then the triggers that you talked about. You know, there's I think it was uh, maybe Melissa. Gilbert, who was doing a, a, mm. a conversation and a talk about, you know, people Elizabeth. that are on this growth journey. Elizabeth Gilbert. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of Little House on the Prairie. Yeah. yeah Elizabeth. Yeah. I just get those two mixed up. Um, it's not half pint. It's full pint. <laughs> yeah. So Elizabeth Gilbert was, was you know, talking and she said, yeah, growth is a is a circuitous route. I'm paraphrasing here. And, and it's 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 one that you, you're like, oh, you do all this work and you you try to make sure that you're, you're, you're growing and that you're being more enlightened and those type of things. And I think people are doing a lot more of that these days. You know, people are open to therapy. They're open to counsel. They're open to, to information, open to get better. And it's more of a, a common conversation now. I said, boy, but, you know, if you, if you want to really uh, be humbled, I guess, is that, and you think you're self-actualized, you know, go spend Thanksgiving with your family. <laughs> they, said, they said there's a ton of triggers and there's a ton of, ton, you know, Kind of trigger points and buttons that can be pushed, and the fact of the matter is, they installed the button. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not only did they install the button, but they know how to push that button, right and we is. let it get pushed, and we understand that, and we have to to manage that. As so, we're coming from the perspective of both and the parent of a grown up and a grown up, 
I think I remember that. Mm-hmm. You grown up? Mm-hmm. Yeah, grown up um, child of, of parents. So, you know, how do you, the, the judgment side and those type of things are not healthy on on either end of the uh, the, the, the parentee or the parentate, mm-hmm. you know, those yeah. type of things. So, but it takes hard work and it takes persistence. And mm-hmm. that's the next one is, is we talked about, you know, curiosity. We talked about inquiry and asking questions. And next one is persistence. You know, anything worth doing is worth doing wrong or doing it in a difficult way for a while. Mm-hmm. It takes work. It, it doesn't happen. I just, I saw a video of someone trying to leap across a paved section of road. It's country roads. So there wasn't a lot of cars coming. And he, he literally showed on the video, um, you know, after one day, after one week, after one month, after six months, and after a year, he was leaping beautifully across this road that was a 16 feet wide. You could tell he was, he was definitely practicing long jump. But it takes effort. It takes time. Just like all the patterns that were ingrained took years of conversations, you don't unwind all of those necessarily and say, oh, I'm a crappy parent or I should have done this and don't should yourself to death. Realize that something you did was great and you did the best what you could at that time with what you had, but you're just simply saying, I, I want to be, you know, a, a more of a of, a, of an influence in, the, in their life. And that's something we'll, we'll get into a little mm-hmm. bit more because I think that, that takes more time to kind of s- sit in that space of wanting to be impactful and be relevant. You know? mm-hmm. So how do you be relevant in your grown-up children's life in mm-hmm. a way that is life-giving, you mm-hmm. know, going back to what's important to us. So mm-hmm. the persistency, you know, is, is going to be important. For example, when you start doing those inquiries and your questions, they're going to, you know, those past triggers, those past buttons are going to be pushed. It's like, why are you asking me about this week or what's happening in the future that you know, it's important to you? What's important to your life right now? They're going to say, like, you know, what, what, are you, what are you up to here? You know, um, I know you're just asking, so you can give me advice. It's, you know, what you've done all along. Or It takes a while to unwind. Oh, my that, God. It's like, are you okay? That. Are you on crack? Why are you, why are you asking this? So you're going to be perceived as something that is changing and change is not easy in any situation if in a partnership in a marriage for example one partner partner's trying to change you know and be in a better state and they're doing certain things they'll start to notice they'll start to notice some of mm-hmm. these things and it's not what we do occasionally mm-hmm. that makes us who we are it's what we do consistently that shapes us and who we are in the world mm-hmm. and then we can trust it it's like oh that's repeating there's a new pattern now, so I'm going to, I can trust this now. But at first, you're right. I mean, when we start to change the way that we listen and the way that we, you know, if if, if I'm used to communicating only, uh, you know, when I agree with something and then I, then I say, yeah, you're right, blah, 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 blah. But if I start to change that pattern and decide I'm going to communicate what I understand even if I disagree, that can, that can, you know, be, there can be some suspicion there. Like, what are you, are you, because it's like when we communicate what we hear sometimes, it seems like, oh, we're agreeing. You know, like if, if, um, if I communicate what I understand, might kind of, the other person might think, yeah, you, you agree with me. You're, you know, but that does not mean that I have to agree with it just because I'm understanding it. 
I can still hold a space for what you believe and what, you know, what fits for you, resonates for you. I can still hold a space for that while not agreeing with that. And I think that's a new pattern sometimes that as our children get older, we have to kind of, because when they're younger, we're trying to teach them everything. As they get older, it's kind of like, well, yeah, that's true. I mean, it's funny, the little boy that, that, um, that came up to me on the beach, it was so funny because four years old and I was sitting there before he came up looking at this mountain in front of us. And I was like, you know, I don't know the names of the mountains. And I looked and I was downloading an app that you can put, you know, you can hold your camera up to it and it will tell you the name of that mountain. So I'm downloading that app. And the sweet little boy Bill, comes up behind me <laughs> to introduce himself and just to say hi. And he's, and he's points at the mountain and he says, did you know that stormy mountain? And I said, oh my goodness, I was just downloading an app to help me know what that is. Thank you for telling me that. And I learned something from him that I didn't know, you know, and, and I think at any age we can do that. And especially, you know, when our kids are in middle school and high school and college and beyond, it's like they're, they're a constant source of, um, you know, we can, a wealth of knowledge that we can inquire and understand, but we don't have to necessarily agree. The caution in laying the foundation again is caution to myself is to have already listening. We've mm. had such a long connection with our, our, our children that we could, just like we do with the world, we can easily categorize as this or that, or they always respond to this or that. And it's a difficult thing for us to, to break. And the already listening is something like, like this, that in our mind or we are, or we actually articulate, we say something like, you always do X. You always respond to X. That's the already listening. Familiarity coupled with assumption is the enemy of curiosity. So we're very familiar with the person. You know, we make a lot of assumptions about who they are and what they're doing in their life. We make assumptions of how they respond to their life. They've always been the one that runs under the coat rack. They're always the one that's angry. They're always the one that's more emotional. They're always the one that wants to inquire more. They're always the one that was that needed to remember all this. It's great that we notice those things, but if we paint the picture, that's all of who they are. Yeah. Oh my goodness, can that be uh, difficult? You know, and you know, like we, you said, a relationship killer. Really, it right? Can. We knew we had to be diligent around our one of our daughters who was always kind of like running towards danger we had to make sure we had to keep her safe we always had to make sure that but we also like and also saw later on man she's got street smarts yeah you know she's got street smarts and but i we don't we don't now say all the her, her, her whole being is yeah she has street smarts no it's it's again if the only thing i am to you is a certain thing as a category you know how i respond to that i don't like that like you're always like this or you mm -hmm. want to get a trigger with me, you say, you're always this way. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh my God, that's what I am. Mm -hmm. Those are the kind of things that are kind of fighting words. But mm -hmm. sometimes, even if it's joyful away, you're you're this. It's like, I'm always the good girl. Yeah. Or that kind of thing. I'm always so the good boy. I'm always so uh. responsible. Do you know how many 
children have been nauseated by hearing that about themselves, mm -hmm. and they probably talk about it in counseling office. Yeah. You know, th those type of things. So it's very helpful to the child when we tended to those those things that may hurt them. But it also, if we're continually trying to protect them about with something and to avoid the already listening, and we're putting ourselves in a place where we think we know what they're going to say, and we're trying to look for the assumptions to say that we were correct and we were right, it keeps them surviving in a way, that mode. But now we have to transition to the word thriving. How do we have a thriving relationship? <clears throat> and how do we have a influence that is good? Never underestimate the influence that you as a parent have on a child or your parents have on you, whether they are in this world physically or not. Those I heard about it this week, you know, how, you know, going out into the mountains and having those conversations and having challenges with someone that had been, that was deceased, but still having that impact. Never underestimate that. And that doesn't mean it has to be negative. It could be positive. It could be neutral. It could be, unfortunately, a negative thing. But those are influences that we have. Do we want to change our influence to be something that is more life-giving as your children age? Absolutely. Can we do it? Yes, we have a choice and we want to do it. The choice is Sounds simple. You could be bitter or better. You can be bitter about that. You're going to blame your perceived shortcomings as a parent or the shortcomings of your parents, you know, on inadequate parenting skills or that you're a victim of circumstance. Mm -hmm. But the better choice is to be better. You know, if you, what, what's opposite of, of hatred is love. Well, what do you do if you're the opposite of criticism, you know, is curiosity. If you want to be, a, a, you know, if you don't like something in somebody else, be better yourself. Mm -hmm. Not compare yourself to them, be better yourself. And we're choosing, and you can do it, you can do this. And you honor the best of what we had as parents that served our relationship by choosing to grow. You may even ask, and we kind of have a little talk about this, you may even ask, how, how am I a good parent to you? And that's that response. How is your, your parent a good parent to you? I'm asking myself that. How is my parent a good parent to me? Well, I know that my mom and my dad cared for my well-being and took care of me, fed me, clothed me, had wonderful experiences, tried to create environments where a relationship was, you know, um, that I was having a relationship with other people, put me in those circumstances, you know, trying to help, to help me do the best I could in sports and defending me when, when somebody would criticize me and that type of thing or, or hit me in the hip on the baseball diamond and they knew it was intentional and my mom went defended me and to make sure of that and my dad you know was saying how proud I am he is of me in these certain circumstances they love our kids and they connect with those kids those type of things are grounded wonderful things that we see they are also most of them are deeply rooted in the past <clears throat> so mm -hmm. as we continue to have the pre present present relationship that some of those conversations and those inquiry and the beauty of what they who they are now is is where we start to go into the the questions you know and you have a choice to do that it, uh, it just reminded me as you were talking about definitely of the present moment and you know for those of us that grew up in you know a christian faith where you know we said the lord's prayer and it's like give us this this day our daily bread yeah. it's like how can we remain current as a parent, you know, today versus, like you said, everything that's that's been in the past, it's like, well, what about today? 
and that's what we want to we get we get into you know as we move along the timeline we are start to become more aware that our impact or influence um, in the lives of our older children diminishes you know it does diminish there's so many more interactions they have with their own children their own careers their own mm -hmm. work and their own, well, you know, their I, own mean, self -growth. I don't know if it diminishes but it's like we have less evidence of like when they're yeah. little and they're holding our hand and they're looking into our eyes it's like we know they're depending on us yeah. when they're living somewhere else and they're you know they're successful in the world and they're doing other things we're not seeing and feeling that so in that way it diminishes you know yeah for us not not really though you know well it's the ant yeah it's the ant part it's mm -hmm. like it does the impact is 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 less because it's not as frequent it's not as proximate in some cases mm -hmm. in most cases but but it doesn't relieve us of the opportunity and I don't want to say duty, but the opportunity and the choice of us to say, I want to be um, a, connected, a, a connected yeah. and have an influence in their lives. And we want to make a positive difference in their lives. I do think that my parents and parents of, of older you know, children do want to know, did what I do, and I think I said this to my dude, would what I do have a, have a positive impact mm. in their life? Mm -hmm. That what I did and what I did mattered. What I would say to that is, absolutely it did matter. And you can look at it from a positive or a negative or whatever type of painting color you want to have on it. If you have an opportunity to still connect and communicate with your children, then the opportunity is to matter today mm -hmm. in a new way, in mm -hmm. a way that you're, you have a foundation of care and love. That's what you do today. And the, mm -hmm. and the key to that that I want to matter in their lives regardless of age and circumstances. Hmm. And the way you do that is that you use questions, we call them curious inquiries, to foster connection. Mm -hmm. We do is about you know, fostering life-giving connections that, with, that withstand adversity. So you can call it, oh, these are deposits in emotional bank. This is a deposit, deposit into relationships. This is how to be relevant in our you know, older children's lives, and there's questions. We've put together and reviewed those, a, some context that maybe this is what you're feeling and this is the curiosity that you're, curiosity space that you're in, and here's the question to ask that's more of a contemporary, you know, really want to know what's going on in your children's lives. And by the way, those 10 questions can be vice versa. You know, they can go, you can ask that of their parents, but as a parent, I think it's incumbent upon us to do that, and it's incumbent upon the person that is the the parent Ted to do. Someone's going to do the work, and someone's going to reach out. And when they do, and if they do, only thing that I would suggest really strongly here is that notice it, mm -hmm. acknowledge it, go a little towards each other, lean into each other when someone is trying. If someone's trying, man, wow. I mean, sometimes it, a lot of people out there in the parental relationship. If someone's just trying to lean a little bit, you'd be like shocked and asking those questions again. What's wrong with you? Are you cracked? No, but you can say, oh, man, I'm leaning into this. They're really trying. God bless. They're trying. Mm -hmm. Like somebody that never cleans the dishes all of a sudden cleans the dishes and they don't do it right. Well, my God, they tried. They actually did it. I didn't say anything. It's like imagine someone trying to have a different type of a relationship with you and a connection with you in a way where they're trying to grow and be better. Wow, what a wonderful thing. What an investment that they're making in the relationship. And yeah, and I think it's uh, it kind of feels like it's really taking hold 
if the same person that inquires and asks some of those questions follows up later and checks in again maybe with the same question. It's not just information now like, oh, you answered this way, so that's the way it is. Nope. Daily bread, you know, like <laughs> next year, you know, there might be a different answer because we're always growing and changing and having that respect to look again at the different stages in development, I think, is such a a gift to the relationship. Yeah, it, it is. And I, I want to just say to you, I thank you for being such a great mom. Mm -hmm. You know, it really, and I, she, right now she's breathing in and receiving this, but thank you for being such a great mom that studied and cared for what was going in what stage and reading the books and doing the work we do. And this is all reminders to us. This is reminders of us to, you even asked me, you said, do you ask the kids those questions? And I said, I ask a version of those questions. Those type of things are, are, are now reminders of the questions that are asked. That remind, these are now the questions that we have within the PDF Mm -hmm. that we have that on our website that you can download and just go on there and I'll, we'll send it to you with those questions along with the article because mm -hmm. it's in a, it'll be in a news, newsletter format that has those questions and some context and we'd like to hear back from people we'd mm -hmm. like to hear back on what kind of questions they ask in the modern more contemporary relationship they have with mm -hmm. their, their children yeah and I, and I guess I just wanted to say another thing you know about uh, you know thank you for complimenting my mother motherhood and everything but i think that we have you know as as parents to our children whether we you know like couples that remain together and couples that are not together there's a beautiful way that we can co-parent uh our children and you and i have always partnered in our parenting mm -hmm. so thank you for partnering with me as we raise our kids i think that they can think of their dad you know, and, and my father in a certain way, my mother in a certain way, but our parents in another way, which is kind of the beauty in relationships in a way that, that it can create a whole nother, you know, part of the parenting relationship. Um, Thank you. I thoroughly enjoy being your, your partner in life and partner in parenting. You know, the, the portion of we do, you know, those times. So... A gentle, loving reminder is that your your goal, if you want to have this place of more of a relevance in your older children's lives, is to uh, be curious, to inquire, and reflect back in a lot of ways on what you hear to connect in a new way. In the meantime, until we speak again, take good care. Take care. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode brought to you by WeDoRelationships.com. Now let's make a difference in our relationship with ourselves and others to flourish in today's world. Please share what you learned. Great job. You're taking the time to honor and explore your relationships. We know it's not easy in our busy lives, but it's worth it. You're worth it. Those you love will notice. If you'd like to help us personally, then please rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Give us some stars, leave a review, cheer us on, or simply say hello. What other cool couples do you know? Take the time to share our podcast with them. The world needs more vibrant couples. Great relationships lead to a fulfilled life. It begins with you. Every connection counts. 
Take good care.